The Credible Nerds presents More Than Meets the Eye, a Transformers podcast. Autobots, transform! <laughs> Welcome everyone to the Credible Nerds podcast. My name is Justin and we are here to talk Transformers Rise of the Beasts. And we got my special co-host, my Transformers expert, all the way from Japan. We got Kimball joining us this time. He's back to talk Transformers. How are you doing, Kimball? Doing really good. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Good to see you again. It's been a few weeks, a couple months since we talked last, I think. But uh, we recently went and saw Rise of the Beast in theaters. We've been talking about this movie texting back and forth since it was announced, I don't know, a couple years ago, if not longer, right? I remember we were all excited about it and (laughs) we love the Transformers movies. So we were wondering, you know, is this going to be a sequel, a prequel, what's going on, what's it going to be about. So, and then we've been watching the trailers as they come out, the the kind of the pictures that were, are released. But as far as all this pre-hype before we saw the movie, Kimba, what kind of what were you thinking? What were you wanting to see with this new Transformers? Where was your mind at through all that process? Uh, I was just wanting to see more Transformers just because the previous movie, Bumblebee, they had a few of them. But it mainly focused on Bumblebee himself. But I wanted to see more Transformers, and this this movie delivered, and it gave us that. Yeah. So you're wanting to like expand the Transformers world in the cinematic world. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think we got that right. We got the the Maximals, and even some more uh, Autobots that we hadn't really seen before. So um, I think yeah, that definitely delivered. I was wanting to see how it fit in like i wanted more stories within this timeline and it sounds like from what little information they did reveal or talk about in the movie within the movie it sounds like it is still well it's definitely lined up after bumblebee um, bumblebee took place in 1987 earth time and this movie was 1994 so about seven years later and they had a small reference to, it wasn't even like a direct reference, so maybe they could change it. But what I got, it was uh, a sequel to Bumblebee, a, a loose sequel. Is, is that kind of what you were thinking or am I off yeah. on that? Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, loose is probably a good word because you could watch this movie without having seen Bumblebee and right. you would be totally fine. You wouldn't be lost. That reference, I think the same one you're talking about that I remember is uh, Optimus Prime talking about how Bumblebee had a good relationship with a human. Yeah. Or, and that was like, okay, I, I remember that. And that <laughs> yeah. Was about it. yeah. That's all I got too. And I think that's fine. I mean, I would like more, but as long as that is that holds true and they don't like try to change the history, I'm okay with that. But mm-hmm. um I'm still waiting for not only Bumblebee, but this movie and any subsequent movies, because it sounds like there's going to be more after this, which I hope there is. Um, you know, how does it line up with the Michael Bay movies that, you know, Transformers came out in 2007 and then there was four more after that before they went back to Bumblebee. So do they line up uh, from what you're seeing now currently, Kimball, what do you think? Is there a way to still tie them together or are they just kind of off doing whatever works, doing their own thing? Yeah, I think they 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 do have a chance to tie it together. It would be, I mean, if they did, then it wouldn't be that bad because these movies don't have the best of plot holes to begin with, and so <laughs> fitting them together would 
continue their plot hole adventure that they like to have. <laughs> yeah. So it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. They, yeah. I think they still can fit it in, but from what I'm reading with reviews and other articles, it seems like they're going in a different direction, but they're not totally axing Michael Bay's movies. So it's like kind of up to your interpretation. If you want it to be in the same universe, it can be loosely, mm-hmm. but I think ultimately it's, this is kind of a, a reboot. That's mm-hmm. how it seems to me. Yeah. I'm kind of getting the impre- that impression, but uh, I'm still holding out hope. <laughs> and it's not even like I want to see, I just want, so we, we, I think we may have talked about it on the podcast earlier. We have done previous podcasts about the Transformers. Uh, this is our first video podcast, you know, as a side note, and that'll be on YouTube. We've done three other audio podcasts, audio only podcasts that are on iTunes and your, you know, podcast app of choice. We've done Bumblebee, um, the original Transformers, um, and then the the second one, Dark of the Moon. So, Revenge of the Fallen. Revenge of the Fallen. Yeah, we were gonna do the next one up was Dark of the Moon that we haven't got to. So you can go back and listen to those, uh, but this will be our first audio or, or video podcast. Sorry. And, um, but I think we have talked about how, um, the last movie ended on a, you know, Hey, there's more to come and we haven't gotten that yet. So if they were to do another movie, even just one more movie and just tie every wrap up the Michael Bay universe, I would be fine. I wouldn't care what direction this new movie goes. I kind of just want some closure to the last movies that we... Yeah, you're talking uh, about la- the last night, right? Right, right. Yeah, we definitely... They left us on the biggest cliffhanger. <laughs> and it, it's like that feeling, you know, where you hold in a sneeze and it doesn't come. And you're just like, oh, you need it to come out. And that's yeah. how it is for me with that series. Like it was... Unicron was coming out of the earth. And yeah. oh, I, I wanted so badly to see where it was going to go. And yeah. get yeah, so definitely more story in that in that timeline, and when they in, Unicron is introduced in this film, and that's one of the things that I really liked about it, is we finally got to see Unicron. So I was hoping there would be like a some sequence that kind of shows us that Unicron gets buried on the Earth, like we saw at the end of the last night, um, but that didn't happen. <laughs> if, if that did happen, then that would be a very smooth transition. I know. Yeah, that would be perfect. Yeah. The opportunity was there, but it didn't happen. So anyway, let's get into it. Um, those are our initial thoughts. So this is the seventh film in the franchise uh, so far, set after Bumblebee, like we talked about seven years later. And the premise is the homeworld of the Maximals is an, adva- an advanced race of Cybertronians with beast modes. So we don't have the cars and the... The Earth vehicles, they're just beasts like apes and cheetahs and birds and things like that. So they come under attack from the planet-eating dark god Unicron. And his heralds, his army, the Terrorcons, Terrorcons, sorry, and an army of Predacon scorpions led by Scourge seek to obtain for their master the Maximal's greatest piece of technology, the Transwarp Key. And this is something we haven't seen before, correct? Yeah, in, at least in the movies. Random. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Terracons, yeah. the, the Predacons, all these Transformers, everything has never been introduced yet. So it's cool because we get a fresh look on these new uh, Transformers. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And so they're trying to get it and the Maximal leader sacrifices himself to allow the other Maximals to escape, which allows Optimus Primal, <laughs> uh, a Maximal, to use the key and they escape and they end up, of course, on Earth. And that's where the story um, ends up is on Earth, obviously. Is there a reason why Earth is always involved in these Transformer takeover, or like the Decepticons were trying to take over Earth. Now it's these Terracons and Unicron. Like, is that just a vehicle, or like, is there a reason that this keeps happening? Do we know? I doubt they'll ever say the reason why. I mean, maybe they just like humans. There's always <laughs> going to be just a human element to it, and yeah. we're a unique species. But yeah. something to note: this that scene that you were describing takes place in the future. So we got right. oh yeah. That's- that because Optimus Primal is named after Optimus Prime um, from many years before. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting twist. So the transwarp key not only trans transports people or transformers to uh, another galaxy, um, but also can move through time. So that's... Yeah, like the uh, space and time stone mixed into one. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yep. Uh, so then we the story picks up many years because they arrive way into the past. They came from the future. Now they're way in the past of Earth time, at least. And then in 1994, Brooklyn, Noah Diaz, our, our main character, is trying to find a job. He can't get a job for some reason. And so he has a friend who convinces him to steal a Porsche 911 ends up being a Transformer Mirage, and Autobot. And so from there, the Transformers are introduced to the humans, and also the Trans Warp Key is discovered by Elena, Elena Wallace, and that sends out a signal to the Terracons to come to Earth and get the, the key. So that's where the movie starts. Kind of get, that's where the, the main story are. So as far as setting up this story... The transwarp key is the MacGuffin. It's actually split in half. So there's a piece that the Elena finds, but then there's another piece that's hidden. Um, and then, I don't know, what do you think about kind of this setup for the transwarp key? And the Autobots showing up, and then the Terracons showing up later. Did it work for you? Was it a good yeah, setup? I mean, it's okay. It wasn't anything like that much different from the Michael Bay films, to be honest. It just seemed like, okay, this is kind of a similar um, storyline we got going here. Mm-hmm. wasn't too unique to me. You know, like the AllSpark before, it's just like True. another object, <laughs> um, Transformers coming and things like that. So, but it's fine, fine with that. Yeah. You got to meet the new main character somehow and you got to introduce some type of event that's happening. All right. Yeah. It's pretty cool that they have all these really neat devices, right? The AllSpark and this thing. And then I think, what was this, some of the other ones? The, the Matrix of Leadership yeah. from Revenge of the Fallen. Yeah. yeah they so got they, cool devices in this universe. Yeah, and they keep losing them. <laughs> yeah. And they end up on Earth somehow <laughs> every time. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool if they do reveal, like, why is Earth so, like, why does everything happen on Earth? Like, is there some energy source that draws um, everything there? I mean, I guess you had the, 
every movie they show like a history moment, right? Kind of like explaining how something happened. And this one was actually pretty interesting and a little bit different in the sense that it was in the future, but then it went back to the past even further. Um, but there was the one episode, I think that was, um, the first Mark Wahlberg movie where, or maybe it was the last night where the, they come in before earth is habit habitated and they, what do they do with the, the green Valley? And they, they, uh, populate earth, right. With transformers. Is that what it is? Yeah, you mean when they had those dinosaurs? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they like they spread this stuff on it, and it consumed all the dinosaurs. But then that had nothing to do with the transformer dinosaurs later, which was mm. another frustrating plot hole. But yeah, there was <laughs> there was that too. Wasn't it some source of energy that they were using? You mean transformium? I think. Yeah, that was, that's what transformium. Yeah, yeah. That cool name. Yeah. Very unique. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, maybe it's something like that. That's where I'm going with this. <laughs> like the transformium, yeah. like that draws them there or I don't know, some some earth mineral or I don't know. There's just I don't it would just be really cool that they finally reveal, well, this is why they always end up on Earth. This is why the Transformers are always fighting over Earth and things like that. But it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I mean that that'd be cool. Like if you remember from when um what's the main bad guy's name? I want to say Scarface, but that's not it. It's uh Scourge. Scourge. That's it. He, uh, when he's attacking the primals, maximals, uh, world, there's like all that blue light kind of in the rocks and stuff. Mm. And that's, um, key to the storyline. We'll find out later. But if earth was like really rich in that mineral, then I can see, okay, there's that draw because maybe that gives some type of life to either, the transformers or to these objects that keep appearing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good theory there. I like that. Was it Energon? That, yeah. That was it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I would like that if that's what ended up happening. So cool. Um, so we were introduced to Noah Diaz when he steals the Porsche, which ends up being Mirage. And it's interesting that we finally get to see Mirage in action as a main character uh, he's always been Optimus's like right hand man, or one of the top guys, top Transformers. But he hasn't had a a role like a significant role in a Transformers movie till this one. So I, I kind of like that, and I did like his abilities, being able to kind of um, you know create a mirage of himself to distract people. We saw that in the beginning with the, when the cops were chasing him, he uh, sent mirages out to. To them, so they would get just distracted and confused. So, uh, but yeah, Noah Diaz, he he meets Mirage, and then the other Autobots roll in: Optimus Prime and Bumblebee and um, RC. I think it was was it just those three that ended up coming? Yeah. So there was four of them, mm-hmm. and we didn't really we didn't see Mirage and Bumblebee. We saw RC and Bumblebee. And uh, who else was there? Wheeljack. A little bit of Optimus Prime. Saw Optimus Prime. But uh, so there is some crossover with the Transformer characters, but we're still being introduced to new ones, which I always found interesting. It's like, 
we don't see them in one movie, but then there's new ones in the next, which I think story-wise that works great. But how do you kind of explain that away? Oh, they just weren't involved in the last climactic battle. They were just hiding out and didn't want to join the battle. But here they're yeah. here now. So I don't know. That just well, seems there's, still even, there's still some Transformers that weren't in this movie that were in the last movie. And they what were they doing this whole time? Because I think yeah. there were seven that came to Earth um, at the end of Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. And this one, we didn't have seven Transformers. So yeah. we're, what were they doing? Yeah. So that'd be cool. Another another thing they can explain in the next movie. So, But uh, so he meets them and they, Optimus, I, it's interesting that Optimus is not interested in working with the humans at this point. Yeah. Which I think is good because then it's, it allows for some character development, if that's possible with a, a, a robot, but, <laughs> uh, you know, he ends up changing his mind later on. And so I think that's, that was a pretty cool, I was kind of surprised by it at first. I was like, wait a minute, Optimus is the good guy. He wants to help earth. And, but here he's, he's not having, he's like, no, we're going to take care of it ourselves. What did you find that interesting or were you okay with it? Like what, what was your take on that? His take? Yeah, he was, uh, um, it wasn't trusting of the humans, but we don't really know why exactly. Because in the last movie, we don't. There's no conflict between him and a human where he gets jaded by them. Yeah, with Charlie. So, yeah, it's like, what's his reasoning? Why isn't he trusting? Why was Mirage so trusting of humans? We don't really know. I guess it's just <laughs> personality type. Yeah, but it's certainly different from the Michael Bay films. Although he was a little hesitant in the beginning, but to help out Sam Witwicky, although. Mm-hmm. It seemed like he was, uh, you know, more than more willing to help the humans the uh, last time than this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in the Michael Bay movies, after that initial moment, it's like he's way over invested in the humans. Like, in uh, Sam, mm-hmm. there's points where Sam's like, God, "I'm done. I don't want to be involved." But he's like, "No, you have to help us." So it's like yeah. uh, 180 uh, at this point. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And it takes almost this whole film before he's finally converted to helping the humans. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's like night and day difference is willingness. Yeah. Yeah, but I liked it because it's not then it's, he's not just one dimensional, you know, he has some some character flaws and then they get fixed, I guess you could say. So mm-hmm. um then we also meet Elena Wallace who's uh working in a laboratory or um not necessarily a laboratory but a museum. And they discover an artifact, and within the artifact is half of the trans warp key. And once she accidentally activates that, that's when the action starts. Um, the Autobots respond, and they're closer, so they get there first with Noah. And Noah gets in and confronts Elena, and there's, <laughs> Elena doesn't know who he is. There's kind of a little fist to cuff, I guess. She hits him, and he's like, what do you do that for? And then the bad guys show up, and um, she's... You know, they're on the run trying to get away from the, the bad guys, the the Terracons are trying to kill them. And then they subsequently meet up with Autobots and are able to join up with them. But it's the Transwarp key is stolen. So um, I did think it looked a little different. But then when they said, oh, it's only half of it, I was like, oh, okay, that's good. Because yeah. otherwise yeah, the bad guys win. Like it, was, <laughs> it was missing some of it. Yeah. So I did like that, that battle that they had. It was, it kind of showed Optimus wasn't as, isn't as powerful as we 
see him later on, which makes sense, right? But he he got his uh, his trash handed to him, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a little disappointing. Like this is the hero. Uh, this is the best of the Transformers, and like, yeah, you're right. He just wasn't, he wasn't competing at all. Yeah, Scourge was handling him pretty well, and he even says it. He's like, he says, how, "How does it feel to meet someone?" Or this is what happens when an inferior, something like that. It was a funny line that Scourge said to to Optimus, and it's like he was totally right. Like he yeah. had the battle the whole time, the upper yeah. hand. Yeah, yeah. So, um. They get the transwarp key, but then they realize it's only half of it. And Elena is able to figure out, she had figured out that it would be, and the other half might be in Peru. So then they call in a new transformer, uh, Stratosphere. And this, um, I was a little, at first I was like, oh cool, it's that one guy from the old airplane from the other movie. But it's not. But it wasn't. It was a new airplane. Yeah, yeah they're not the same. <laughs> yeah. So this guy is Stratosphere. Uh, do you remember what the other guy's name was? Uh, no. You mean the one from Revenge of the Fallen? Yeah. No, I don't remember that. That would have been cool. They could have. This is how they. Another way they could have tied in the Michael Bay films. Exactly. Yep. So let me look that up real quick. So now. Um. What did you think of this this design or this new character of Stratosphere? Well, I don't know why he was so beat up. Um, yeah, was, was falling apart. Like they they could have given him a bit of backstory. Like mm-hmm. he, I think he should have been with the group from the beginning. That would have been cool, and at least we could have got some character development instead of him just flying in. And oh, hey, we got a convenient ride to Peru now. Like, <laughs> yeah. what's the story though? Yeah. Yeah, and, and he was, like you said, he's all beat up, but, but so is this other one from the previous movie. So again, you know, pretty mm-hmm. much the same character, right? Um, yeah. And RC is in the in those Michael Bay movies as well. Yeah, right? so they we do have some sharing of the characters in, mm-hmm. in the two movies. And I, it seems like they're giving, they're giving a lot of interpretation to the audience. Okay, is it in the same <laughs> universe or is it not? Because you can, it can go both ways, but... I I really wish they would have made this airplane transformer the same one as as Michael Bay's because this is the guy that helps give his parts to Optimus Prime to um, bring him back to life because that's the one when he dies. Yeah. And um, like and now we kind of see a backstory. Okay, why did he do that? Well, he he helped out in this previous movie. It would have just meshed pretty well. Yeah. With character development between the two. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. I'm not finding it in this on this list for some reason. But yeah, it would have been a great way to tie in that whole thing, but it didn't happen. So um then they go to Peru and they meet up with another Autobot, uh Wheeljack. And there was a kind of a line there where <laughs> Noah Diaz tries to talk to him in Spanish and he's like, what do you mean? You know, what, what's with the accents? Are you racist? Or, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, it was humorous, but it was a little weird at the same time. I don't know. What'd you think of the introduction of Wheeljack? I thought it was funny um, that the, he just said like, you know, how's it racist? He's a transformer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> he did have that come back. 
Um, so as far as Wheeljack, I liked him. You know, he's the old beat up uh, VW bus, which is, uh-huh. I kind of like that. Uh, that we, I don't think we'd really seen that before as far as a, a VW bus. But uh, I liked him as a as a, a character, as a, a transformer that was helping him out. But again, you know, where's why is he in Peru? I guess we find out later, but, um, you know, just another guy we hadn't seen before. So, yeah. But, uh, and this is a, a, an odd point. I mean, I liked the idea of going to a hidden temple, kind of Indiana Jones-esque, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of, and uh, Noah and Elena figure out where it is, mostly Elena. And they go down there and you th- I thought there was going to be like a, you know, what they needed, but it wasn't there anymore. But it was, it was just interesting that they have this side trip into this cool place and spend time there. And then it's not even like the other half of the, the transwarp key isn't there. So I don't know, just kind of sat off. It was like off with, for me, I don't know. What, what did you think of this hidden underground temple? Yeah, you're right. It, it seemed like it was just overplayed and then there was just nothing there. It was just empty, literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there was no key inside. And I think that, it just felt like it was forced. They just wanted to show a cool location because that's what you do with these transfer movies. Like they did over, you know, in Egypt or over in Jordan in the previous movies. You got to have these cool locations. So they picked one. Yeah. Okay, let's go to Machu Picchu. Let's go to these ancient Indian ruins. But, oh, it's not there. Well, that yeah. seemed anticlimactic. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Anticlimactic. You know, what's what's the point? Um and then, but that leads them to the the Maximals that are still in hiding in Peru, and uh, we meet Optimus Primal um, here on Earth. At least the the new Transformers do. And <clears throat> what did you think of their introduction? I think this is the the first we start to spend more. We were introduced, but now we're like spending more time with them, and we see the, see them all. What did you think of of these new guys? Well, it, it kind of showed like their power. Like they overtook all the, the Autobots. Like there's the, oh, yeah, yeah. That the, the Cougar one, he was like on top of Mirage, just kind of pressing him down. Mm-hmm. And so you just see, wow, these um, pri- these Maximals, I always want to call them Primals. These Maximals are a lot stronger than the Autobots. It's going to be good for when they face, um, you know, the bad guys at, at the end of the movie. So mm-hmm. I thought that was a cool introduction. Yeah, and you know, I'd seen these, you know, representations of these guys in the animated form and things like that throughout the years. And I always wondered, who are those guys and what what's their deal? So it was really cool to see them in live action format, um at least the CGI action. And uh you know, it was cool that they were I liked the storyline where they were much older and they were from the future and so they had, you know, more experience. They had fought the these um, Terracons before, so they knew how they worked and they could help the Autobots out. It was just a really interesting concept that how they tied that those story elements in together. So mm-hmm. I like I liked them, and it kind of gives Optimus a mentor, right? Because um, he's always been top dog in the movies, uh, but here we have a reverse a reversal where he's. And he's he's not the the strongest, obviously, because Scourge handles him, and then uh, uh, Optimus Primal 
is able to to mentor him a little bit, I would imagine. Which is ironic because Optimus Primal is named after him. Yeah. So like, how does how does that work? He's like the mentors becoming the mentee now. Yeah. Yeah. I, did I can't remember? Did Optimus? He didn't recognize him, right? Because I was. Did Primal recognize him though, I guess? Yeah, Optimus wouldn't recognize him because he's way off into the future. Wouldn't know anything about him. Yeah. So would they have met pre like in the future before the Maximals go back in time? Had they met at that point? Or is this the only time they meet? Is in this setting? I think it's the only time. That's how the movie kind of depicted it. I think it would have been cool if there was a bit of a scuffle and you know they're fighting each other instead of it instead of it just being like meeting oh who are you and that's yeah. like at least you know fight a little bit yeah amongst each other yeah the others kind of did a little bit they wrestled at least um yeah but, but they didn't so the one bird creature erizor is that how you say it air razor i think uh, I thought yeah it was. yeah she gets infected during the one of the fights they have with the the Terracons. They get she gets infected with Scourge's. He like shoots something at her, and it attaches to her and starts to infect her to change her into a Terracon. Mm-hmm. So she eventually gives them up unwittingly, and the the Terracons find out where where they are, and they like guess the the maximals have been staying in that hidden valley with those peruvians for since they got there that's kind of what i got from yeah, that thousands of years so we have maximus or optimus primal um working with the humans trusting the humans uh, depending on the humans you know uh and then you have optimus prime who's distrustful of the humans and do you think he kind of see? I, I'm pretty sure we saw that. Like he recognized, okay, um, maybe these guys aren't so bad after all. It mm-hmm. seemed to be. I the think imp- that definitely played a role in in converting Optimus Prime's uh, mindset of the humans. He saw Optimus Primal trusting the humans, and that helped him out to yeah. be a little more trusting. Yeah, and I think that was the he opened the door for Prime to. Trust, start trusting Noah. Noah had had to start trusting them, so they kind of had to come to Jesus moment where they started to trust each other. But I don't think that would have happened if Primal wouldn't have been trusting of the humans previously, and Optimus Prime sees that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that was that was a good moment. I think that's good storytelling in my mind. Good um, character development again for for these guys who are not human. Um, but I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. So they they have uh, they are able to come in the the Terracons again get the other half of the key and um, end up joining them and contact Unicron who's been there in the background waiting for well this was interesting right so the Unicron at the beginning of the movie Unicron tells Scourge hey you got to go f- track these guys down and get the key and bring it back to me. But they went back in time. So how did the Terracons and Scourge and all his group go back? Did they go? They obviously went back in time as well. well how did they do that? That's yeah. A plot. Yeah. They needed to explain that. 
And so then, okay, so let's say they do explain it. <laughs> they get they get the key, and um, they kind of had that alternate reality, the AI thing where he was there on Earth, but he was like the, the environment changed around him, and then he was talking yeah. with Unicron. So was that time travel or, or you know, what was that? Where yeah, was Unicron? They should have explained that better. It's just like, okay, what or what was he using at least? Yeah. Was he using the key? Because mm-hmm. um, he had half the key, and then he went and delivered it up to Unicron. But I, how was he able to do that? Yeah. And where is Unicron throughout this whole thing? Is he in another dimension, another part of the galaxy, universe, whatever it is? Like, where is he? Mm-hmm. Where is he hanging out? <laughs> and how did he... So they they send him back in time. They get the key. Do they go back forward in time to give it to him? Or is he just kind of omnipresent all the time? You just got to call him and he's there. And he's like, yes, he knows everything, right? He's like a god. And I think yeah, we, Wikipedia is. did mention that. Let's see. Yeah, he is He is a god. Him and his, his brother or sibling, which we're going to be introduced in the next films, I believe. Oh. Um, and it's going to be a, probably a huge epic battle, at least. I hope so. Or we'll be let down again. Yeah, he's <laughs> part of like the 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 creation of this of this universe or at least the oh. start of it. He represents the evil of it and his brother who we haven't met yet is represents the good okay his brother i think his name is primal i think that might be it Another that's prime? where the prime comes from that's like his ancestor okay so the primes descend from this guy the prime the prime prime yeah mm-hmm. okay let's see where did i see that when i was reading the the intro it said unicron was a dark god is that what i read yes um the planet eating dark god unicron okay so maybe he is ever you know always present all knowing he can be anywhere he wants at any time any place then why um, does he need the key yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so I don't know. They got to explain that. Hopefully they'll get to that in the next movie. Or maybe they did and they, you know, there's deleted scenes or something. So maybe I don't like long. when they delete important scenes like that. That's crucial to the storyline. Exactly. It's not good. So anyway, they delivered a key to Unicron wherever and whenever he is. And he starts to enter the Earth's um, atmosphere. Um, and then this the, portal. It's yeah. kind of like in Avengers um, mm-hmm. when you got, uh, dang, I can't remember, the f- first Avengers when Loki opens up the portal and they're coming through mm-hmm. um, the Chitauri. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of got had that vibe too. And they send Scorpinox through another, which I did like that because that kind of explains where Scorpinox came from in the first one. Um, but... Maybe Unicron's in a different dimension, that, and that's why he needs to get out of that dimension, and he can only do that through the transwarp key. Because if he was in the universe, he would be able to just go there without having a portal, right? Yeah. So, yeah, you'd, you'd think so. But then, like, that's where the Terracons were. They were all in the same universe because they were eating up the Maximal's planet in the beginning. So yeah. at one point, they're in the same universe, they're in the same time but now they're 
not because mm-hmm. the Terracons are now in Earth's universe and Earth's time. Mm-hmm. How did they do that without the key? It's a huge plot hole. And somehow Unicron isn't able to travel like they did. Maybe because he's so big. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we'll have to do some research on that. Maybe it's tied into the comics or the previous animated series somehow or literature. I don't know. We'll have to figure it. Because it seems like they would have that mapped out or there would be some background to that. Like who is Unicron? Where is he hanging out? What's his deal? That All that whole thing. I don't know. It seems like to figure that out because we have a lot of questions about this unicron guy we know who he is as far as like he's a dark god and all that he's the big bad but we don't know much else about him so anyways uh so there's the big battle there at the end with uh the humans the autobots versus the the terracons and everybody so what did you think of this um we've seen a lot of great final battles in the Michael Bay movies. Bumblebee, uh, not so much. Yeah. Uh, it was fine. But uh, I kind of, it did kind of rise to that level of Michael Bay's final battles. I don't think it was quite there yet, but it was getting there. At least that's my opinion. Well, what did you think of this final showdown between Scourge and Prime and everybody? The difference between this one and the Michael Bay's, it didn't happen like centrally in a city. So you didn't get all the the city destruction like we love you know <laughs> yeah. getting eaten by a transformer like i think yeah. that was in the fallen or yeah. dark of the moon um but this one was just you know in an open field basically in mountains mm-hmm. you know there's not a pyramid getting eaten by yeah. the by the sun so that was a difference but as far as like fighting and in terms of of action the action was, was good mm-hmm. yeah. i think it could have been better for me, it felt a little bit lacking in that department, but mm-hmm. it's still, still fun seeing the Transformers blow each other up. Yeah. And the humans had a part to play. Uh, Noah, so Mirage takes some, some damage, and he, en- he ends up creating a suit, uh, a tra- an Autobot suit around Noah so that Noah can fight. And we mm-hmm. haven't seen that before. That's a new concept for the movies. Yeah, they were even kind of foreshadowing it because Mirage gave a Noah like a part of a, a glove, like a gauntlet to yeah. fire off guns. And I thought that was cool. I was like, wow, that you know, they should do that more often to the humans. Give yeah. them some of their weapons and yes. they can now fight a little bit alongside them. Yeah. Sam could have used that when Megatron was chasing him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. What did you think of this union of human and Autobots in what we saw there at the end. I thought it was great. I, loved, I really liked it. He's basically turned into Iron Man now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I did like it, but at the same time, I, w- I was like, well, how does he know how to use it so well? Like, Yeah, there's that part, like, where's the learning curve? Like, it just fit naturally. And then we don't know, like, where is Mirage? Like, he wasn't talking at all when he was wearing that armor. Where was his essence <clears throat> in the car? Was it infused yeah. in Nova? We don't, yeah. we don't know much about that. Yeah, and I think they could have done it a little bit better where Mirage is like, okay, now do this. Now, you know, do that. Yeah. At least in the beginning, so then Noah kind of figures out how to work it, and then he's like, okay, I got it. Um, yeah, that would have been much better. Yeah. If it would have been like, you know, in the Iron Man suit, there's um, 
what's his name? Jarvis is there kind of talking to Tony and the subsequent AIs that are there. So something like that, I don't know. Because if you're thinking about why, how is that happening during the movie, that's not a good sign. Um, yeah. It's kind of you're getting out of the, the show, the story. But anyways, I, it was a cool effect and it worked, right? But uh, Prime and Scourge have their final showdown and uh, Prime is able to defeat him. I did like that part of it. Um, kind of shows. That's, that's, I mean, Optimus doesn't get like a sudden burst of strength. It just happens to be the end of the movie. Oh, Optimus has to win. <laughs> that's cool. But I wish that we would have like gotten, maybe, you know, someone would have helped him out. Like we got to, Optimus can't just magically get stronger like that just because he wants to. Yeah. yeah. He leveled up. He got some XP. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's better now. <laughs> but yeah, I and I kind of wanted to see more of Scourge, right? Like I, you know how um, what's a Starscream kind of flew off there at the end of the first Transformers and then came back later. I kind of wanted to well, see something like Megatron. that. Yeah, Megatron, and they just come back later, stronger and you know more determined to to defeat Prime. Kind of wanted to see something like that with him. Scourge was really cool. He was I liked how he defeat his enemies and then kind of tear off their symbol and. Weld it to yeah, his shoulder. Was, yeah. He was he was a good uh transformer for me. I liked him. Yeah, um, they should have they should have kept him around, but like they always did with Megatron, he's he could always come back. Yeah. Megatron <laughs> every single movie. Yeah. <laughs> except for these these new ones. So they'll yeah. find ways to bring him back, I'm sure. That's true. They just need a piece of him that survives, like his his uh brain chip or whatever. And then yeah. they rebuild him. But, uh, so then they defeat the, the port, they, they destroy the, do they destroy the key? Pretty sure they yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. Optimus destroys the key and we thought Optimus was going to die because he like kind of says a goodbye and he's like, yeah. you know, you don't have to do it Optimus. And he says, yes, I do. So we <laughs> see this, this turning of, you know, he's sacrificing for the humans essentially. We see this character arc, which is right. cool, but he doesn't die of course. Yeah, he uh, can't die. Yeah, the key does get destroyed. Yeah. Uh, then op, or Unicron, you know, it kind of cancels his portal out. So then he uh, leaves. And that's, you know, the good guys win. And that's that's the that's the movie. So overall, I liked it. Um, it is problematic here and there. Uh, but I overall, I liked it. Um how about you, Kimball? What was your overall feeling of it? Yeah, it's it's it was decent. It had many holes, um, yeah. but that's like all Transformer yeah, movies. Yeah, it is a Transformer like, movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to That's it's just natural that it comes like that. Yeah. but it's being a Transformer movie, it's still good. And yeah, because I I just really what draws me into Transformers is just the unique concept of car to to robot i i just really like like mm-hmm. that element to it it's not and they're not human it's not like we get these superheroes that develop a certain skill you know through a superpower or some special ability it's like no these are, this is a different race we still don't know the origins much i hope they go into it later but it's, it's a different race they're not human so you can't quite relate to them but they do have their flaws so in that sense you can relate to them mm-hmm yeah and it's just good entertainment popcorn entertainment overall mm-hmm. typically right yeah 
So, um, as far as lining up with Bumblebee and the the next Michael Bay movies, I think we've kind of talked about that throughout um, throughout the podcast. Uh, it's it's there, but it's not convincing. So we'll hopefully we'll see that more in the future. Um, let's do talk about the mid credit scene where Noah goes to apply for another job, and he gets mm-hmm. taken to this office and. He's talking with a guy, and the guy is an agent for G.I. Joe. And this, I had heard stuff that they were trying to combine the G.I. Joe Transformers universes. And um, I was like, oh, okay, how are they going to do that? But and as far as I know, and I don't know everything, uh, if they, as far as the comics, if they did that previously in the in the comics or some other animated series or this is the first time they're actually talking about that Um, i think they did it i don't know if it was animated but i know they did it for toys and so the reason why they have these merging universes is to sell toys oh yeah that's um, because i think it was like i can't remember which decade it was but you know toy sales were down and in order to crank these up it's like all right well let's see what happens when the transformers meet gi joe or let's see what happens when superman meets iron man or whatever it is like right. they, they merge these universes together to sell more toys so i think with this one it's our first time seeing it on screen that's mm-hmm. what i'm led to believe okay yeah i'm i'm intrigued i kind of want to see where it goes do they bring in or at least acknowledge the previous gi joe movies the two previous ones or do they reboot it completely or I think it's going to be a favorite. I don't think they're going to acknowledge it from what I've been reading. Mm -hmm. Okay. So do you anticipate we'll see G.I. Joe in the next Transformers film? Yeah. G.I. Joe Army? I think we should. Mm -hmm. If not, then it's a wasted (laughs) mid-credit, which sometimes happens. Yeah. I hope we get into it because I think think it's natural that this movie is going to culminate into something huge with Unicron still being alive. Hopefully Mm -hmm. his brother coming into the picture and so we need to get this army of gi joes behind them yeah uh, to assist with this battle mm-hmm. i agree and it would just ramp up interest for with the fans i'm sure so definitely a, I was a good... that, sorry I was, I was just gonna say that i Go thought ahead. this mid-credit scene was gonna be the sector six guy sector um, seven se- yeah that's it sector seven so did i, I. Thought, oh, yeah another way to to tie it into Michael Bay's <laughs> films and like exactly. that would be cool if it did do that I think it would be cool only for tying in purposes but I'd like that they're going this new direction for G.I. Joe because otherwise they'd be painting themselves in a corner That's you can't true. do much if it was Sector 7 but now that it's G.I. Joe oh, this opens uh, a whole new world right okay I can I can get behind that so our favorite, my let's talk about our favorite moments. I, for me, we've talked about um, <laughs> all of them, so I'll just note them, <laughs> just acknowledge them. Uh, but I really like the beginning when Noah steals Mirage, and then there's the chase after doing that by the from the cops, and how Mirage is able to evade him, and then meet, they meet up with the other Autobots. That's you know introduction there. I thought that was a pretty fun moment. Uh, the end battle sequence was pretty pretty cool. The highlight of the movie, as it should be, you know, the the climax of the movie, and then the Maximals meeting them, new Transformers, new backstory, 
They explained who they were, where they came from. We got to see them in action. So I'm looking forward to seeing them in the future. Because we saw, we were introduced to the the Dinobots and, you know, some of the Constructicons and some of these other cool Decepticons and Transformers from other films. But then we never see them again. And so yeah. I want to see that with these these Maximals. I want to see Optimus Primal again and the other guys. And hopefully their story continues. So. What were some of your favorite moments? So my favorite moments were Noah turned into a transformer. That was the coolest thing. And I like Mirage's powers of duplication because yeah. he that made him really stand out as a transformer. No other transformer has this unique power. They all transform. They all got cool guns. But this is like he's actually doing something different, a different yeah. skill or ability. Mm-hmm. And I wish they used it a little bit more. He used it you know, in his fight at the end, but mm-hmm. it just seemed like it, it wasn't, it was more for show. It was kind of a gimmick. It didn't really help him uh, defeat Scourge yeah. a whole lot. Um, but he did hold his own against the battle of Scourge pretty well. So that puts him on, on par yeah. with Optimus. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then my last top three moment, which we didn't talk about was Bumblebee coming back to life. It's true. In the trailer, we saw that he died, so obviously, you know, okay, that's not going to last because they're not <laughs> just going to show a death in the trailer. Yeah. It was very similar to Optimus Prime dying in Revenge of the Fallen. That happened in the middle of the movie. Yeah. He's pretty much gone the rest of the movie until the very end, something brings him back to life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But I like that he came from the sky and was just kind of yeah. <laughs> like a bee, and yeah. he was just going. Yeah, to the LL Cool J, don't call it a comeback song that was pretty cool so uh that coincidentally is my least favorite one of my least favorite moments in the sense that not that he came back but that he died and was gone for half the movie (laughs) it's like hey i like bumblebee where is he and so i wanted to see more of him i guess so so there's that one and then the underground temple which we've talked about in, in the sense that it was anticlimactic like you had mentioned and i i wanted it to be more a part of the story than just oh it's not there let's go somewhere else you know because that was a pretty intriguing concept and i liked it i liked the feel of it and how they had to look for it search for it find the secret entrance go down there and you know then it was just like uh well let's go somewhere else now so in the sense that it wasn't used the best way it could have i guess is why it's one of my least favorite moments and then my last one is I don't know, just the little brother, Christy is. Um, you like, like nothing. him? You know a hope at the end is nice speech? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> it's just, it was just a distraction, right? He was, he was, I get it that he was the motivation for, for Noah, and you see that at the beginning. But then after that, it's like, eh, well, why is he talking on the walkie talkie on the other side of the world, telling him? How do you get that range? Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It didn't work for me. Maybe it did for little kids because I'm pretty sure that's why they did that. But uh, yeah, for me, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Well, for me, I didn't like Optimus in the beginning when they were getting the key with the humans at that museum. Optimus blames the humans for losing the key. That really <laughs> bothered me. It's like, hey, come on. Why are you going to blame a small, tiny human for losing a key? You could have just done it yourself. Like He yeah. basically just stood back and watched right. while the Terracons picked up the key from the ground. Like I thought that was annoying to me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted more maximal development. I think we really should have got, you know, maybe 30 minutes of the film dedicated to like showing their, their life on earth. You know, why is it that they transform into animals? We know why the Autobots transform into cars because that's how they hide amongst the humans. But what's their mm-hmm. purpose for turning to animals and being right. in that form? Like, I really wish we would have got more scenes of their life on Earth or on their world before Unicron came and ate it up. That would have been good development. Um, we would have known the Maximals a little more, like that uh, leader who who um, sacrificed himself at the beginning. Like, you know, mm-hmm. let's see more development development between him and Optimus Primal because that was like his mentor. Mm-hmm. in a sense i don't even know if they were related they're both gorillas shaped so yeah. i think it could have been related. maybe yeah i just wanted more development with that and then uh my last complaint i feel like this is a little too much like michael bay's movies with the the storyline some of the humor it just seemed a little too much like it and i wanted it to be different than michael bay's yeah it just felt like a rehash of him yeah, and it wasn't um it was like Michael Bay's A, A level, and this was kind of B level. Yes. Right? As far uh, as yeah. that that comparison goes. And yeah, if you're gonna hire a new director, go a different direction, do it differently. You know, Bumblebee was different in a yes. lot of ways. For better or worse. And so I think, yeah, um that would have been I like that. I think I can argue with that for sure. Um so yeah, that's kind of the the overview of Rise of the Beast overall, I did like it. Uh, like I said, I think I'd give it um, an 8, maybe 7.75. I don't want to dip down into the 7s because it's Transformers, but I, it's around that level for me. 7.8, 7.9, 8 maybe. You're being generous. I give it I a am. 7. <laughs> I, am. Yeah. <laughs> I am being generous because <laughs> there's parts I really liked. like, uh, And then other parts are just like, eh. So yeah, it's it's still Transformers, which does boost it a bunch just because of the unique concept. But they just we really need to get better writers and directors in with the story. Like Bumblebee, that was just that was mm-hmm. very fresh, very different than all the rest of them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, seven point five. <laughs> so there was one line that I really liked where towards the end, when Optimus Prime kind of loosens up around the humans and kind of trust them a little bit more. He does say there's something about the humans that are, there's more than meets the eye. Yeah. Right? That's the catchphrase. Like, yeah. And it's like, huh? So that, that's cool because it's always been the transformers are more than meets the eye. And he's saying it's the humans are more yeah. than meets the eye. That's yeah. That was cool. Good twist there. So, and it, and it fit for the story and his character. So he learned to trust them more. So it was good. All right, so that's our review of Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Hopefully we'll be doing another one with the sequel to this. And um, there is going to be an animated movie or I don't know what what format it's going to be in, if it's like Netflix or an actual theatrical release or what. But I'm sure we'll cover that as well, review that, talk about it, and see how it – because it is the origins of Transformers, it sounds like. Yeah, I think that we might – find uh, Unicron's brother, the, that Primal, I believe is his name. I'm hoping it'll be like that. And I believe it should fit into this universe. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be a standalone solo film. I believe it's going to fit into it. Okay. That'd be cool. 
So yeah, stay tuned for that after those movies come out. We want to thank you guys for joining us here on the Credible Nerds podcast, uh, More Than Meets the Eye, Transformers edition. Um, good to have you back on the podcast, Kimball, talking Transformers. And uh, any, any final thoughts before we wrap it up? I guess Autobots roll out. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks, guys, and we'll catch you next time. See ya.